Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, a new Supreme Court nominee, Justice Katanji Jackson. I mean, it, what more can you say given her experience, uh, her grace under pressure? Uh, but perhaps we could talk a little bit about healthcare. Well, sure, John. You know, the thing is, the American Bar Association and the Democratic senators certainly held her up as an incredible judge. She certainly more than held her own uh, in front of the panel. You know, I was a little scratching my head because some of the some of those on the other side of the aisle, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing her and portraying her as like soft on porn, critical race theorist. But we really haven't learned a whole lot about uh, about her view on healthcare and what it would mean to have her on the Supreme Court from a healthcare standpoint. And so let's fill that void. Let's not ask stupid questions. Let's ask about where she is on healthcare. So, John, I mean, what is Judge Jackson's record on healthcare? Well, it's a little bit thin, truth be told. I mean, her depth uh, as a former public defender, a uh, corporate litigator, uh, a jurist, and someone who actually is serving in one of the most important um, uh, districts at the federal level. Uh, has not really been engaged a lot in healthcare. But let's start with the fact that her husband is a general surgeon, um, that all hard healthcare decisions, whether it's about abortion or the ACA, uh, tend to get kicked to the court now. And so even though the record's a little bit thin, in a divided country uh, with political leaders that don't work to reconcile and actually make many decisions, you, I think we can expect... And already we have courts, uh, cases in front of the court that are going to challenge whether it's the, uh, how we actually cover and manage healthcare benefits or things like women's right to choose. They're going to be center middle. So I think we've got to, we've got to dig a little bit, David. What have you learned about her healthcare background? Well, you know, you're right that the, she hasn't had that many healthcare rulings. So let's look at where, you know, what, uh, what hints we have. So one, the fact is, you know, she's been nominated by President Biden, who's obviously a strong supporter of the uh, Affordable Care Act, since he is very uh, involved with it. She's supported by uh, some of the organizations that support a woman's right to, to choose. So I think it's clear probably where she stands there. Now, she does have some specific expertise, let's say, on you know drug sentencing, which uh, is, I'd say, related to a healthcare issue. She was on the uh, bipartisan U.S. Sentencing Commission that rewrote the guidelines about uh, fo focused on reducing the penalties for drug-related crimes. That's one thing. Um, she also uh, was involved in some rulings on the CDC uh, pandemic-related uh, eviction moratorium. She was part of a three-judge panel there. She's actually had a couple of things related to Massachusetts about uh, in, in, uh, buffer zones for people entering abortion clinics and some more technical things on, on hospitals. And she had done some a ruling against uh, the termination of a federal grants program on teen pregnancy uh, prevention. This was a focus more on the administrative side, though, not the contents of the grant. So there are some things there uh, that you can look at and see. She considers the cases uh, very carefully um, and hasn't issued any, you know, crazy uh, rulings. And, and one way to measure that is actually her rulings tend not to get overturned. That's one of the things that the American Bar Association uh, noted in giving her the, the highest rating. But but I, th I think the place where we ought to be focusing on healthcare is the most important one is, is, the, is the one that drew the most ire of an attention of some of the stranger uh, uh, attacks. Uh, you saw Senator 
Kennedy from Louisiana, Senator Blackburn from Tennessee, and, and others are really trying to, uh, in my, in, in, in sort of an inappropriate way, try to get her to speak to whether it was the, the when life begins or how she would decide to, to, to basically share with the Senate, which is completely inappropriate, exactly where she is on the women's right to choose an abortion. Cause it, cause it, cause like any a court case, uh, there are two, two or three things you need to think about. One is facts and circumstances. And so all Supreme Court nominees need to avoid answering hypothetical questions. Two, there is a, you know, there, it's, it is prudent in a country that wants the, our Supreme Court judges to be, you know, to stay in black robes, not in uh, red uh, robes or blue robes or purple robes for that matter, uh, to be seen as clearly an independent Judiciary, um, and 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 three. There is this concept of stare decisis, and I know that you took Latin. I did, John. I I, the, I I only read books in Latin. And and so, David, tell us a little bit about what the principle of stare decisis <laughs> is, and why it's so relevant in this circumstance of asking a nominee to the court about how they will decide. Well, John, I don't want to go over any of the uh, you know the listeners' heads with the various Latin terms, but I, the word direction I was going to go, John, is that yeah, okay, you want to ask her questions about uh, you know how she rule on certain cases and so on, but a lot of this has to do with you know what's shifting uh, on the court. You know, she's replacing a justice who uh, retired voluntarily, and Justice Breyer, you know, who we did a, a show about before. On healthcare, you know, in general, he was not a person that was kind of outspoken and ideological. He actually was an outspoken proponent of abortion rights. She's going to be not any, you know, any more of an outspoken proponent than uh, than he was. So she's not going to do anything to shift, uh, you know, where the court is going. Yeah, remember the court. The court is in a six-three conservative to liberal base. Um, I think I, I think everyone has the expectation that she will be passed onto the court and take that third liberal seat, as it were. But I actually think that the story the decisis, which is basically the principle that if if the, the, the court has made a, at least in layman's terms, if the court has made a decision that they, that, that, that precedent would hold. And what's interesting about abortion and the right to choose, the right to terminate a pregnancy is both uh, conservative justice, Neil Kavanaugh, during his confirmation hearing and conservative justice, very conservative justice, Amy Comey Barrett, said in her hearing exactly what uh, just J- Judge Jackson said, which is that it has been settled by the, the decision on abortion and choice has been settled uh, by the court with regard to uh, its previous decisions. And so I think it's going to be really interesting. It's, a, it's, a, it's clearly a lot of pro-life groups are trying to break down and challenge Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court has chosen a majority against minority uh, majority conservatives has just chose not to intervene. This is clearly a hot button issue that probably would be better resolved with the the at the legislative area. It's definitely going to the court, and it was striking to me that she, that Justice ja- the liberal nominee Jackson, was using very similar language that the conservatives had used. Uh, and I, I I think it's it's just it's a um, it was slightly ho- more hopeful. Then I would have I would have guessed uh, she gave no ground on that one, and I think that's probably the most important healthcare issue that's going to hit 
and affect the healthcare system that's going to come in front of the court. And there are cases right now that will at least at least come to the court to potentially be litigated in front of the Supreme Court. So, John, you know, as, as you mentioned, she'll be part of the, a minority and uh, the minority is is six three. It wouldn't be that way, uh, you know, if the Republicans had uh, not played dirty with Merrick Garland uh, under President Obama. So there's a reason that it's uh, is tilted this way. I'm personally still very angry about that because uh, I think it really went right against uh, kind of the whole spirit uh, of doing things the right way uh, in this country. So I just want to mention that. But when she replaces Judge Breyer, Justice Breyer, um, you know, he worked in a, he at least had a more kind of a bipartisan, he worked in more of a bipartisan era and he was more of a, of a deal maker, you know, so he was able to, even in the minority, to be able to save the Affordable Care Act as we, as we had talked about and getting something, even if he didn't get, you know, everything. He didn't want to write a dissent. He wanted to be, uh, you know, sway the majority in his in his direction. Now, what's changed? I think he he may have been a little bit naive uh, at this point because the world has changed. I don't think she's as naive as he is. And also, the issue with these some of these more recently appointed judges that uh, want to focus on quote unquote originalism. You know, they think they're going to find just the answer right in the Constitution, and that the discussions with the colleagues don't matter. So I'm not sure that you know she'll have that much of an impact, at least in the in the next uh, decade or two. But John, beyond abortion. Maybe there are a couple of other areas uh, that we're going to see uh, the Supreme Court get involved in. I mean, there's going to be probably other pandemic-related, COVID-related or other pandemic-related issues, I would imagine, that would come up. Uh, probably some issues on sort of employer you know, rights about determining health care coverage, even if not Affordable Care Act. I think if it's just abortion, um, she's not going to be too influential. I, 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 but I, I think you're understating her natural collaborative nature. Everything I've read suggests that actually she is a collaborator. Heck, I mean, she's actually related by marriage to former, you know, conservative congressman Paul Ryan. She has had uh, judges that were appointed by uh, Ronald Reagan um, endorse her qualifications for uh, the highest court in the land. I, I suspect that she will bring that same collaborative approach that uh, Justice uh, Breyer has. And it, you know, it, uh, it, it shouldn't, um, it should, doesn't surprise me that they, the president nominated someone who I think will work to create coalitions with the court that could actually, uh, potentially, we, we would have more of a collaborative conversation behind the, or, or, you know, behind, behind the bench than, than, than one expects given the hothouse atmosphere. Honestly, the, the hearings themselves were embarrassing, um, I, it did not bring great honor on the Senate. We'll just leave it at that. With, yeah. You know, uh, Ted Cruz and Josh Ali and, and, and Martha Black. I'm really trying to go after and unsettle her character. But gosh, David, I was really impressed with her grace under pressure, her hope, her thoughtfulness. I mean, I, um, you know, sometimes there are moments of grace and eloquence that break through. Uh, the uh, you know the cable news craziness, and I thought I thought I thought the hearings were, were showed some of that on her part. You know, John, we're both obviously middle aged, or in your case, a bit older white men, and uh, not in a position to necessarily you know uh, be able to empathize with, with a black woman. But I saw a column in the Boston Globe uh, today, and just seeing you know some other commentary about sort of the you know combination of misogyny and racism, which she's faced and. Faced it and had to be, you know, ten times as good as somebody else, uh, you know, in that in that position. And she really, 
uh, was impressive, and she will improve the Supreme Court. Uh, there's no doubt well, about it. Well, it's interesting. I, I don't know whether you, 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 you knew, David, that when she was at Harvard, she was part of the a Black Students Association. And there was a, uh, this is in the eighties, someone put up a Confederate flag and the, 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 the leadership at Harvard refused to take it down because they thought it was an issue of free speech. And there were some protests and some activity. And one of the things that Justice, uh, uh, the, the later Justice J Jackson insisted is that we have to keep studying. We have to keep getting good grades so that we're in a position when we graduate from this place, not just to march in the streets or, or criticize racist activity, but we're in a position to do something about it. I think that's a that practical idealism uh, that she showed even as a student is going to is going to wear well. And I, the other thing I think that she brings to the court, which is not a direct health care issue, is an understanding, having been, worked as a public defender of, 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 frankly, how the criminal justice system fails our society from a health care perspective. There's no question that as a public defender or someone who's worked in criminal justice, you have a you are a front seat in the failure of, for example, the absence of drug treatment in our prisons. Uh, the challenges, the healthcare challenges that sometimes are crippling for folks who are in that system, and that to bring sort of a, an enlightened view there. What, what mind you, she was also endorsed by the fraternal order of the cops. She's had, I think, at least three relatives who were uh, involved in law enforcement. And she was been universally praised by those in law enforcement as well. But I do think that perspective of some of the challenges of our criminal justice system, um, that's also a point of real, a real failure for the U.S. healthcare. Fair enough, John. So I was going to ask you a question about whether you think she'll be confirmed, but since you've been referring to her throughout the nominee throughout here as, as Justice Jackson, <laughs> which is uh, which she will presumably be Associate Justice if she's confirmed, I guess you do think she'll be confirmed. Uh, so I'll skip through that one and say, what happens next, John? You know, what happens if it's not a liberal that retires, but let's say one of the others of the in the majority uh, who for some reason needs to step down? And the Senate either is or is not controlled by Democrats. I mean, what what comes next year? Uh, I, I think it's it's really hard to tell. To your point, you know, the, the Merrick Garland precedent is pretty ugly. And Mitch McConnell, if he's in the – this is a this is not a House of Representatives thing. This is a Senate thing. Senate leadership has shown that they will twist the rules in order to kind of maintain the court. But I, I think there's um, – I, I, I don't think there's much of a prediction there. But I will predict that she will be – um, passed by the Senate and approved by the Senate, that every Democrat will vote for her, which gets you 50 votes. Uh, the vice president could be the tie vote, but I, I, I suspect she will also get some Republican votes because although some of the comments have been sort of in questions are kind of screwball and inappropriate and offensive, frankly, uh, that, the, that the majority uh, of the Senate, all the Democrats, and I suspect a few Republicans, will agree that she is well qualified to serve on the Supreme Court. So I'm, I'm, I may be jumping the gun a little bit in, in announcing that Judge Jackson should be referred to as Justice Jackson, but she sure show, showed me, and I think many, uh, that through grace, intelligence, and courage, uh, that uh, she might be uh, just a just spectacular jurist. Fantastic. Well, John, that's it for yet another edition of Care Talk. We've been talking today about Soon to be, perhaps, Justice Judge Justice, currently Judge Jackson. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. 
And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of Care Centrics. If you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe on your favorite service.